Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, here I am, and it's the last podcast of 2019. Going straight up into 2020, I cannot freaking believe it. And uh, I started thinking about who would I might want to have on to do this last episode with me. And I thought, you know what? I saved the best for last. I brought Mr. Ryan Kent on to discuss uh, the year that's leading us and the, the year that's coming on. And I thought, you know, with the advent of these new obstacle course racing endeavors coming about and him coming off a, a win with High Rocks, I thought, what the hell, let's get, let's get Ryan on and kick the can down the road. What do you say, Ryan? Appreciate you having me. It's been a while. We've done a couple, yeah. couple podcasts over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, good to catch up with you. You know, it's ridiculous because this podcast became a thing and I was doing it before there was a thing called an OCR event. I, I looked back in my archive the other day because I was trying to find a show. It was an episode I did with a sports psychologist. Uh, one of, uh, I won't mention any names, but somebody I know in the sport was looking for a sports psychologist. And I said, you know, I know somebody, let me, let me dig it back. And I went all the way back seven and a half years ago to an episode I did with a sports psychologist. And I started digging back. I said, man, there's been a lot of episodes that I've done. Natural Running Network? Yeah. Back then? Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of still is. It's what we called it. And a lot of people don't even know why I called it that. It, and it turned out that it was built behind the, uh, the coaching certification we created years ago. And we were hoping to support and promote the coaching certification we were doing. And I've long since given that up and haven't gone down that road anymore but you know OCR seemed to take over and and uh, that became a big thing for me and so uh, here we are you know talking to a veteran professional in the sport of OCR and I'm like gosh I've known you for a while man we've we've known each other a long time I know I'm going into this is going into year six now man I guess that's crazy for me you know like I never you know obviously when I started doing this Thing. I never really knew where it was going or where I was going to fit in in it. But, you know, here we are going into 2020. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I, re- I remember when I first kind of got into it. Now, you know, it was Hunter kind of drug me into this thing. And, and I was talking to a lot of my cohorts that are in the running community and the triathlon community and, you know, the other sports that were, you know, the sports of the time. And I was trying to convince them to take a look at this. I said, dude, you know, there's a lot of people getting involved in OCR. You know, check it out. And they're like looking at me like, what? What is it? They play in the mud? What do they do? And nobody wanted to give it any gravity. And uh, I think it was interesting to see Joe Gray at the Spartan Trail Running Championships in Los Olivos uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he was one of those guys that I had that conversation with. 
back in the day. I said, Joe, you got to take a look at this, man. You know, you get your upper body strength up and you could go take some money away from these guys. He said, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And uh, so I saw him at this race. And, of course, I had to bust his balls a little bit. I said, hey, Joe, so what are you doing here, man? I said, this is a Spartan event. He said, I'm not here to do any obstacle course race. I'm just here to run the trail. And run the trail he did, boy. He, he smoked those guys. Yeah, he did, for sure. You know, it's funny. When I, when I came up to him, I said, so, Joe, what do you figure you're going to run this thing in? It was a 10K. I said, how long do you think it's going to take you to finish this race? He goes, oh, I don't know. I'm just here to win it. He knew he was going to win. It was just like, how fast is it going to take, pretty much? Yeah, I, he made it sound like, I'm only going to run as fast as I need to to take that money and go home. And that's basically what he did. It's crazy. <laughs> so let's talk about High Rocks. You won the High Rocks event in New York. That was your first High Rocks event? Second High Rocks. Where was the first? Oh, you went to uh, Miami then, huh? Uh, Miami, which was uh... – um, about a month before the New York race. Yeah. Um, so it allowed, you know, some more uh, specific training for it. And obviously coming out of Spartan World Championships um, and trying to get ready for the one in Miami, I was the lightest I had been the entire year pretty much because obviously for a course like Tahoe, you're not trying to carry any extra uh, muscle mass that you don't need. So I didn't have a lot of time to get ready for that Miami one. I just kind of went in and, and wanted to see what it was all about and, you know, just really had a great time. And then I was like, okay, let's go. And I've got a little more time to, you know, focus in on it and went and did New York. And then I've got six weeks until only about four weeks now, but um, six weeks from New York to get ready for the next one in Chicago, where I think I'm just going to have another um, major improvement. And yeah, man, it's just like, super exciting it's it's kind of given me this new fire to just like train hard again and just something new and exciting and you know i still love obviously spartan race and doing all that stuff but um when you race the same people doing the same thing 15 times a, a year it's nice to you just switch it up pretty much well there's a a very close correlation i think with the stadium types type races too that uh, obviously works to your benefit. It probably will end up being pulled off in stadiums across the country eventually anyway. And I can't imagine them not encouraging people to run up and down the stadium. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how did you do in Miami? You, I, I know Hunter won it. I, did, I didn't know how you fared behind him. Uh, I was actually um... – I came into the, the race finishes with, um, for anybody listening that, that doesn't know what it is, the race finishes with 100 wall balls. And uh, I came into that right with Lucas. Um, he's a, the German guy who currently has the world record in that event. And I just, I ended up going from potentially getting second to finishing fourth um, in Miami. The wall balls just destroyed me. And, uh, just yeah i needed to work on a lot of things moving forward but especially um those wall balls i mean it took me almost eight minutes to do 100 wall balls which i, I understood that isaiah you know, smoked that thing and like 330 and went 100 without stopping so you know that's where you know he was getting crushed on every single kilometer run but you know anytime he gets the opportunity to use his crossfit background to his advantage um, he's going to use it. And he, he 100% did right there on those wall balls. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, 
a hundred wall balls fresh is impressive, but to do it after what we had already done was unbelievable, really. Well, you're basically looking at eight kilometers of one kilometer sprints in between the uh, the exercises, correct? And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're 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 trying to go as fast as you can, but still, uh, you're trying to really. I mean, I guess it depends on the individual. Um, you're trying to recover a little bit as well on the runs because some of the the strength exercises really um, jacks your heart rate up and, and can take a lot out of you. So it's basically, you know, how fast can you go on the runs without really kind of overdoing it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that's going to be the interesting caveat to the whole thing is that the guys that can get through the exercise and throw down a decent run are going to be the guys that you got to watch out for because uh, it's all about lactate. I mean, I, I've, I've been, my entire life revolves around how to approach training where uh, mitigating lactate production is concerned. And this is right, right in the wheelhouse of the type of work I've been doing with these CrossFitters lately, because at the end of the day, the challenge is not about your strength. It's not about your speed. It's about your ability to mitigate lactate because when you start to overflow with this lactate, the acidic nature of it will take you out. And it, it doesn't matter how bad you want it, how fast you were once upon a time, how strong you were once upon a time. When you're lit up with that lactate and you can't get rid of it, you're screwed. You know, running, mostly you just experience that in your legs. Right. But in this event, you really, you get it in your arms and you, you feel it everywhere. So. Yeah, I have a skier. Yeah. And that's my new toy. I, I love that skier. But you go hard on that skier for a thousand meters, and that will suck the lifeblood right out of you. The first time I, uh, I had a little bit of prep time before the first high rocks, but doing it, it doing it in a race was completely different. Um, I was actually surprised how much it worked my core um, yep. and uh, my legs. Yep. Just kind of like generating that that upward motion to, to get the momentum, um, to try to get the most out of your stroke. So it seems like you would just, you're using your arms the entire time, but it's really, it's a full body exercise, you know? I have a soccer player that I work with. Matter of fact, uh, she left here two hours ago and uh, I was kind of toying with it. I hadn't seen her in a while. So I was just looking to see what her fitness was, was doing. And I put her on the treadmill and just set it up at about a 12 miles per hour for a one minute effort. And then I had her get straight onto the ski erg for 500 meters and then right back to the treadmill. And we went back and forth like that. And what I was looking to do is I was monitoring the difference of the, the intensity in heart rate relative to the task. And uh, it was interesting to see that she, she felt that the ski erg was harder on her legs uh, than it was on her arms, like you suggested. And that when she tried to get back on the treadmill, her legs were gassed and she, she failed the run after about five or six rounds. And it wasn't because of the run, it was because of the skier. You know, I was actually just talking to Bracken the other day about high rocks and, you know, he was like, well, you know, what, what else did you learn in, in New York that you didn't learn in Miami? And it's, it's still kind of the same thing for me it's it's the amount of just leg strength and leg stamina and endurance that you need for that event is something you really have to train for um 
you know, obviously some parts of obstacle racing are going to carry over. You know, you're used to running compromised and running fatigued, but that does to your lower body is unreal. I mean, it, both events have left me sore in my glutes and my hammies and my quads for, you know, four or five days after the event. So, you know, that's, that's one area that, you know, I personally have tried to been putting a lot of focus on um, moving forward. And, and that does not just doing lunges, uh, like, like in the race. I mean, I'm doing, you know, heavy squats and I'm just trying to build power so that, you know, later in those, you know, the, the lunges and the wall balls come late in the race. So, um, you know, just, just being able to still have the strength in your legs at that point in the race and then still trying to run those one kilometers. I mean, it gets tough. I mean, just like you said with, with her, I mean, it's, it's, it just, I've experienced um, anything quite like it to the, to yet, you know? Well, I, honestly, I think there's a very, very close correlation with the, the type of training that these CrossFitters are into. And as I suggested to you, I've been working on this program called Dark Horse. And I've had OCR people come to me and say, hey, should I buy this program? And I said, no, it's not anything like what you're trying to train for. And if anything, it's going to probably cause you to blow up too early in these longer course events. I said, but if you're going to go after something that's high intensity and short duration where there's running included with some, some intensity between the efforts, I said, it's, it's tailor-made for that type of thing. So I'm really curious to see what it would do. It's basically an eight-week program that's all heart rate driven. And it's, and it's developing the anaerobic energy system rather than concerning yourself whether, whether you're aerobic or not or whether you can sustain aerobic capacity. Because you can't. You can't be aerobic in an event like that. You're constantly going over and under the, the red line the, the entire time, right. you know? Did you yeah. track your heart rate during the event? No, I didn't. It, it'd be interesting to see what it was. Um, there's, there's a guy in Germany. He's, he's got one of the fastest times. I, f- I forget his name, but he's the top German CrossFitter. He went to the CrossFit Games this past year. I think he finished like 18th or 19th. Wow. But he's one of the top high rock guys over in Germany I think he's done it in a little over an hour maybe hour one hour two and if you go and look at his splits I mean he's he's obviously not that great on the runs and then he he destroys some of the strength exercises um but like ones like burpee broad jump where it's not necessarily about strength like this event is unique because it's it's not you need you still need the engine to support the strength and, and power output, you know, and, you know, a lot of people are, you know, still trying to figure out the best way to train for this. And obviously I am too, but, um, it's just interesting when you, when you look at an athlete and then go look at some splits that you think that maybe this person would be crushing it, but it's like, yo man, like once you're, once you're freaking dead and you're fatigued, I mean, it doesn't really matter how strong you are. It's over. You know, it's over. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, the thing that I looked at that I, I found fascinating is, is that uh, these CrossFitters that get on like a, an assault bike, hammer the crap out of the assault bike and get off into some energy sucking exercise, like walking on your hands, for example, or, or doing a, a three-kilometer run or something like that, or, or even going to a really, really heavy lift session and then having to run. It's kind of the same thing. So 
the whole concept of battling the fatigue is really about how well you can contend with the ensuing production of lactate. And I know this to be the linchpin to all of this. And people get too concerned, I think, about how strong they are or how fast they are. And none of that matters when, when you get out there and you're just being taxed and you're not being able to get a respite. Uh, it, just, it just wrecks you, you know? And, and then people come away and go, oh, I just don't understand what happened. You know, I, I don't know what happened. And at the end of the day, it comes down to how well they were able to not just develop their aerobic capacity, but develop their anaerobic capacity. And I think that that's, that's going to be the new frontier in this type of training. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it, to be honest with you, because I, I, I've spent about a year really focusing on this type of thing, as opposed to, you know, for the longest time, what can I do to improve my aerobic ability? You know, if you go long, if you're going to run a marathon or you're going to run a, a, a trail race or something like that, yeah, you need sustainability for a great length of time. But you intuitively are going to govern your speed when you know that you're going to go for 14 miles or something like that. But if you're going to go hard for five minutes, it's a different thing. It's cool beans, bud. I think it's going to be a very big deal. And I don't even know if they're going to call it obstacle course racing anymore. I think it might be something else you know, as it matures. It just feels like there's a shift happening right now with the fitness industry, man. And, it, you know, if, if this whole high rocks and DecaFit thing can, can, you know, become what it has the potential to become, but it just like, it just feels like there's a shift happening. There's, there's a movement going on right now where this new type of functional fitness racing is, is kind of like the new thing. And it, it, the same way, you know, Spartan or obstacle racing was, you know, 10 years ago, um, maybe not that long, but you know, it's, it just feels like there's, there's something happening right now that, that people are interested in and, you know, people want to say all oh, Spartan created, you know, something off of high rocks. Well, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else created another event just like DecaFit or high rocks. I think there's great and potential for that. It's the first event that I really feel like you can, you can honestly argue that it's, it's finding the fittest athletes on the planet. I mean, I know CrossFit gets that title for sure. Um, and I'm a little bit biased, but I really feel like this is kind of like the ultimate test. DecaFit's obviously going to be twice, or, or it's going to be pretty much cut in half in terms of like uh, race time. DecaFit will probably be about a 30 minute race. Whereas like high rocks right now is, you know, if you, if, if you're an elite athlete, if you can go under an hour, I mean, you're, you're fittest of the fit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that whole thing kind of like, you know, changes the outcome of, of any races. But um, I'm just excited, man, because I mean, I love, I love the standard Spartan race. You know, I love going out into the woods and, and doing trail runs and obstacles and I'll continue to do that. But like, my heart and soul is just like into these, these functional fitness races that are just coming about. And it's like I said, it's just kind of like lit a fire in me that, you know, I think I've been searching for, for, for quite some time. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, it's interesting that with uh, this DECA fit, they cut the distances in half and it just occurred to me why. And I think, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm not sure about this, but my, my, my thought would be 
that if you can cut the time that the events take to do, you can add more heats over the course of the day. Because <laughs> we were just talking about it this a while ago. It's like you got 3,500 people you could, you could serve in a day with, uh, with high rocks. There's potential, given that you, you cut the, the timeline in half, that you could serve twice as many. Part of the issue right now with high rocks is they're sending the, the pro waves pretty much right in the middle of the day. And we're literally like bobbing and weaving, bumping shoulders with, you know, you know, the everyday people that are out there and, and we're trying to find our, the quickest path, you know, cutting corners and stuff like that. And we're having to, you know, move around people, which isn't, you know, an ideal situation, especially when you're going for time. Um, but I think part of their thing is, you know, they don't want to open up that window of, of, you know, an hour or an hour and a half for, you know, some women um, on, on the pro division. They don't want to set aside a complete hour and a half where, like, they can't be letting out other waves of people, which ultimately, you know, is, is bringing money into their pocket. Um, but I think that's something they're working on. And, and I know DecaFit is, you know, it being a shorter race, it won't be that hard to, to dedicate, you know, a 30-minute window where it's only the – the athletes going for the prize money or whatever, they get the whole course to themselves. And I hope that's something that, that happens because um, that's right now, that's kind of like an issue with high rocks is there's just so many people on the course. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously Spartan has a leg up on how to set these waves off over the course of the day to make it as efficient as possible. And I guess that's just experience because they put on so many events that are, are built that way. All the stadium races that they do, you know, they, I guess they learn through time how to pour these people onto the course most efficiently and serve a lot of people. And I think it's important that they, that they do serve a lot of people because obviously that's, that's how they survive is, is by having a lot of people pay to participate. And uh, obviously enough, I think that the, just the spectator value is big too. Do they charge for spectators for, for high rocks? They, I, I don't know if that's coming down the road, but um, as far as I know, they, they, I mean, my girlfriend came with me to New York and she didn't have to pay anything. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, I mean, when I was, they were announcing as I was running that, you know, I had a chance at breaking the world record and I kid you not, it, 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 it seriously felt like the entire building corralled around those wall balls at the finish line to see if I was going to break the, the world record. I mean, every, I mean, there was, there, there had to be like a couple hundred people there just watching mm. and you know, that's, that's exciting. You know, that's, sure. you know, like, it, and obviously it gave me a boost as like an athlete to have all these people, you know, cheering me on. But um, I think that's something we're maybe missing in, in those outdoor oh, um, yeah. obstacle even, racing. Even in the stadium races, uh, I know I was with you a couple years back when you won LA stadium race and uh, this last couple years where VJ had won this last year, he was racing Isaiah and Isaiah was on fire because he got beat pretty badly the previous year by VJ and they would leave the stadium and you're sitting there in the middle of the stadium. You have no idea where they are. You have no idea what event they're, they're dealing with. And I mean, all of a sudden, here comes VJ into the stadium, and Isaiah's way behind him, where Isaiah was way ahead of him when they left the stadium. I'm going, what the hell happened? You know, I didn't even know what happened. 
So yeah, yeah it's being able to watch the event is good. It's going to be the difference. Plus it's going to have television value because it's difficult to shoot an event that's climbing all over mountains. I'm sure uh Decafit being a little bit smaller will be even easier, but even with high rocks, I mean, the bit, it's like you said, the building's only so big. So it's like every time they're running around doing the thousand meter run, you know exactly where they're headed to next. I mean, there's a banner over each exercise station that you go in and it lets you know, you know, station one, station two, station three. So it's easy for people to just walk to wherever the next station is and they can, they can watch it. And obviously it'd be super easy to set up cameras and stuff as well. So yeah, man, I mean, it's exciting. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, obviously it's, it's something that's, I think is a big deal because Spartan wouldn't have invested time and money to create their own event if they didn't see potential to, to make a lot of money off of it. So yeah, I, I don't know what their motivation was. I, I suspect that they see this as uh, something that could basically draw from their camp if they're not careful. So you got to get involved, right? It's like they're almost forced to get involved. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting year. I think 2020 is going to be a very interesting turning point for the community that we serve. It should be interesting. Talking about television, if, if this thing gets hot, and has viewership, then there's opportunity to earn, which is what this sport really, really needs. Because, I mean, you're trying to make a living at this, right? Recently, within like the last month, month and a half, I went and got me a job first time in six years. Oh, man. So um, that just, I mean, and that goes to show you just how, how difficult it can be. You know, when, when I first came into the sport, I was a single guy, you know, basically renting out a closet in my buddy's, you know, house. And it, that was all good. But now that I have, you know, a girlfriend and two dogs and, you know, we're trying to start our lives together, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And, uh, you know, I, unfortunately I had to kind of go out and, and find another source of income, but it, it hasn't like affected my training. At least it hasn't yet. Um, just some mornings I have to get up at like four o'clock in the morning to get, to get what I need to get done. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that, you know, and I watched this over the years. Obviously, I'm, I'm kind of a trained observer with this. And, you know, I see these guys announce that they're going to go pro and quit their day job and, and commit themselves wholeheartedly to the sport. And I'm thinking, I don't know, man. I mean, even if you win a lot, the sport's just not in a place to provide for you to, you know, own a home, raise a family. It's just not there. And so, yeah, I, I, I look at that and I, I, I'm concerned with it. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see athletes be able to dedicate their entire existence to the sport and uh, know that, the, that there's opportunity going to be available to them to, to earn, uh, commensurate with the effort that they put into the sport. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough deal, as you, as you well know. Get, I get messages all the time, you know, about, you know, people who are aspiring to, to basically be in the position I am. And, and, you know, like it's, it's a hard thing for me to try to, you know, give them positive feedback when I'm like, man, like, trust me, this is, this is a tough, it's a tough way to make a living. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't know if uh, you really want to go down this route, but uh, if that's your dream, you know, so be it. 
Well, and when you just kind of go back and factor what it is you're earning per hour relative to, to the, the, the uh, investment you made uh, to do what you do, it's, it's tough. It's, I mean, there's, as you know, there's only a handful of people that's actually been able to pull it off. And uh, it's just not as shiny and new as a lot of people like to think it is. But uh, hopefully with this new advent of sport, uh, 2020 is going to going to turn the corner. You can quit that day job and get back to work uh, racing professionally, and uh, you know, seeing opportunities to to make the kind of money you should make. And like you said, the amount of time and, and effort that I put into it is, you know, I, I I feel like I should be making a whole lot more than I'm making. Of course. So um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, 2020 is the year that we kind of you know, make that happen. And, and I'm doing my part as an athlete and an ambassador for Spartan to, to try to get that to happen. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, th I think, like you said, with these new events coming around, man, I, I think it's just going to open up so many more doors and opportunities for, for the athletes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, I, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm excited to see what's happening. It's kind of like this, uh, this new lease on life, you, you, you get to this place where you're starting to think things are starting to fizzle. You look at all the uh, camps that, that fell to the wayside. You know, you've been around this long enough. You know what I'm talking about, where these events or these producers that you think, all right, things are going well. They're, they're paying athletes to participate. Boom, gone. You know, how many? I mean, was it what, three major uh, event producers just fell by the wayside in the last couple of years? And so seeing fresh blood coming into it with looks like a good game plan is exciting. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been at this a long freaking time, man. I've, I've put on events professionally. Uh, I had a company that put on events and I know what it's like to try to, uh, to make this kind of thing happen from behind the scenes. And it's no easy task. Uh, Spartan really has done an amazing job to take their, their game internationally and, and over the years been so successful. I would love to see just a little bit more competition in the field. For somebody like yourself who coaches um, and, and a few others out there, I mean, it's these new things coming about are going to open up more opportunities for you guys as well. I, like I told you, it just fell right into my lap because this program I've been doing for CrossFit has been successful. I got another program coming out in January that's going to be going to be better than the one I just did. and it's going to fit. It's tailor-made for, for High Rocks. I'll probably put a different skin on it and put it out there for people to, to, to take on and uh, get some people feeling what it is that we built. Uh, it should be great. I'm, I'm excited about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm busy, though. I, I've been blessed. This sport has been good to me, and my, my clinics have done well. I've got a clinic coming up here in another two weeks that's been sold out. Every, every clinic I've done in the last two years has been sold out no matter where i I put it on, you know, obviously if it wasn't for Spartan and the OCR community, I, I, I'd be doing something else. I, I probably, well, I got to tell you what's kind of interesting. I'm working with uh, a couple sprinters. I've got a, a sprinter that uh, is right on the world record for the 200, a female. She's uh, running for USC. And I've got another sprinter that runs for UCLA that he runs the hundred. And they're both going to go to the Olympics. And uh, I've been spending some quality time with them. And you, you would think, what am I doing dealing with sprinters? I mean, to me, 
Uh, it's just a matter of how hard you're putting down on the accelerator. You know, it really comes down to that. But the running mechanics are, there's not a lot of difference between what you do as a sprinter versus what you do as an endurance athlete. It's just a matter of how hard on the accelerator you're going to go and the energy system that you train to get there. So, that, you know, we got the Olympics coming up this, this coming year. So we're looking at July, the Summer Olympics, and, I, and I'm going to have potentially two athletes competing in the Olympics, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. I never know. I never know what's going to come in the door. And uh, again, like I said, I've been blessed. Somebody's looking out for me. You know, there's obviously positive feedback as well, but there's been some negative about, you know, the whole DECA fit thing coming about. And, you know, some of the people whining about it, I'm like, dude, literally, if it wasn't for Spartan, you wouldn't like Spartan is putting so much money in your pocket, whether you're a coach or you're an athlete. It's just like, yo, man, like this is another opportunity for you to make a living and, and get some money in your pocket. And yeah, I don't really understand a lot of the, the negative feedback, but. Well, you know, for me, I, I'm a mercenary. Is. I always have been. And uh, I, I look at each person that comes in front of me as, as the person I'm concerned with. Whatever camp they come from, whatever their religion is, what their belief systems are, whether they're trying to, to run 100, uh, run 200, run a half marathon, run a marathon. I just look at it like a challenge. What can I do to help them get to where it is they want to go? So you're right. I mean, it would be irresponsible of me to have attitude with Spartan as they've been so, so good in, in supporting my living and my livelihood. People love Spartan. People want to get better at Spartan. People come to me so they can get better at Spartan. For me to just go around and bag it at Spartan, that'd be kind of stupid, don't you think? But it's called Spartan race. It's not called, it's not called obstacle racing. And there's no reason why it can't branch out and do, you know, it's, it's obviously created Spartan Trail um, last year. Um, and now we're, we're kind of getting into the whole, you know, indoor functional fitness racing. And yeah, I mean, it's called Spartan race. It's not, it's not called obstacle race. So there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, man, this isn't, this isn't obstacle racing. Well, Spartan never really, you know, claimed to be just obstacle racing. So, well, I, uh, I'm excited to see how you do this coming year. I agree with you. I think that this, this type of racing is right up your alley. I'm curious to see whether your, your buddy decides to take it seriously and come back into the fray and start racing. Cause obviously Hunter, this is his, his ticket too. He's very, very competitive in this short, high intensity work. Got a showdown with him in Chicago. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he's, apparently he's going to be there. So have you been, you've been giving him smack? He, uh, he did. Congr- he hit me up after New York and congratulated me did on uh, my, my performance. That was kind of, I don't know if I expected that <laughs> from Hunter. So uh, um, our times right now are, are, are very, very similar um, in high rocks. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of like, you know, who, who kind of has the the leg up? I think I think my running might be a little bit better um, than his, and I think some of the real power uh, stations like like a sled pull. I think he still clearly has the advantage on on some of those things. So there's going to be some back and forth, um, but you know I'm up for the challenge. So we'll yeah, see. Uh, it's going to be a good showdown. Are you going to make it to one of these events? I, I these probably days, will. I'll probably show up for LA. Obviously, that's coming up in February, right? That one's in March. March, March. March, yeah. yeah. I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna probably show up for that. I, I know uh, VJ is going to uh, partner up with another client of mine, and uh, they're looking to throw down. So we've been we've been doing some workouts, some high rock style workouts, right here. I'm having them actually run a mile, in, and basically replicate the event, wall balls included. You know, wall balls, rower, running, the whole thing. And and uh, I think VJ. Uh, got some capacity for something like that. I don't know. The sled pull is going to kick his ass, but uh, you know, as a team, they, they'll do pretty well. I don't know if you've ever met Jimmy Stratton that he's actually one of my clients. He's been running really well. He's been racing pretty well. He's not been competing as a, as an elite athlete, but he trains with VJ pretty regularly and, and holds up with them pretty regularly. So I don't know. I just, I'm just loving the idea that there's something new to play with. And And what I'm finding out is this kind of training is actually making my running better a lot better i mean i've been running a lot less and you know when i do go out and and try to hit like a threshold run or or some interval training it just feels like a walk in the park and i'm hitting splits that i haven't hit in in years and you know i want to say it's just the you know doing more sled pushing and and more wall balls and stuff but there's clearly something to it which just and you know in the running community it's like you don't you want to stay away from stuff like that you know because you don't want to you know build any extra muscle but it's like the evidence that i'm getting is that it's actually improving improving my running so you know if nothing else it's going to translate also to the outdoor obstacle racing as well well it's going to be entertaining to see how it all shakes out Listen, Ryan, I, I'm so pleased we got a chance to do this. I wish you and your beautiful girlfriend a marvelous 2020. I'm sure nothing but good stuff's going to happen. Going to get you out of that freaking day job and get you, you know, firing on all cylinders, racing. Um, looking forward to seeing you at one of these events soon. Cool, man. Sounds good. Good talking to you, Rich. All right. Take care, brother. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.